Hey, this is Armand John Anthony from Night Demon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC with John, the Vernomatic Verno. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music, interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. And now, welcome tonight's host, John the Vernomatic Verno. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday night, new content drops. Tonight's episode, Armand John Anthony. He's the guitarist from the California power metal band Night Demon. He's here to discuss the band's new compilation release coming out tomorrow, Friday, March 25th. The name of the album is Year of the Demon. It has all the standalone singles that the band has released in the last year plus. Live songs that they've done with Yuli Roth of the Scorpions fame. There's cover songs. There's a Maiden cover, Thin Lizzy cover. It's a real fun discussion. We talk about Merciful Fate, Metallica. He gives his uh, interpretation and his love of Eddie Van Halen. So it's a good listen. Just want to remind you to visit the MetalMayhemROC.com website. Now here's the kicker, gang. As we speak... We have a brand spanking new website debuting. The tech team's putting the finishing touches on it now, so I don't even know. It may be live now. But on this website there, you'll find direct streaming links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the major platforms to listen to content. And also, you'll get to see what else Metal Mayhem ROC has to offer. We have live radio shows, like I do one on Monday nights on Metal Devastation Radio. It's a live interactive show. Part of my team is Metal Mark James. He's been a broadcast metal guy for about 30-plus years. He has two kick-ass shows on the weekends, and you'll be able to get direct links to all these shows. So it's really one-stop shopping at the new website. And also sign up for our email list. That's your way to stay in touch with us. We stay in touch with you. So exciting things here. We're celebrating our third year in existence, spring of 2019, we came aboard, and here we are. Let's get into this. Armand John Anthony, Night Demon. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. As always, keep it heavy. Talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy. Hey! Listen up. Now, get that popcorn ready and grab a seat. Do it! As the Vernomatic presents this week's feature interview, exclusively here on Metal Mayhem ROC. So today's guest, we have Armand John Anthony, guitarist of the band Night Demon. The band's releasing a compilation package tomorrow. The five standalone singles from 2020, some live tracks, some unreleased stuff, and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Armand, welcome to Metal Mayhem. Hey, John. The Verna, what was it? The Vernomator? <laughs> the Vernomatic, kids. The Vernomatic, that's it. Vernomator, you know, it all works. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm in uh, upstate New York, Rochester, New York. I'm in Ventura, California. It's hot and windy outside, so it's a beautiful day. Well, it's cold and windy here, so. Yeah. All right, so we got a new release. Tell us a little bit about the compilation. 
we'll dive right into it. I have notes on the the original singles and then some observation on the other stuff. So stage is yours, my friend. Yeah. So 2020, you know, while everybody was, you know, stuck at home wondering when what's going on or when we could play again, we had these five singles come out once a month for five months. It went really well. They were really limited edition, limited, you know, quantities of those seven inch vinyls. They, they all sold out right away. You know, we had that plan in the works for a while, obviously. So it wasn't like the pandemic just gave us this idea to do this. We had already had it planned. It worked out kind of good. Cause if not, you know, I don't know, we didn't have anything happening. So, so the compilation thing was the idea of putting all that stuff together in one place. You know, you could obviously get the songs on, on, you know, all the streaming yeah. services and all that, except for the B sides. We wanted to keep those exclusive for the, the records, you know? So now we're putting it all together, did a fresh new master on it and new artwork. And I'm excited. It's cool. Cause it, you know, like I said, there's only a handful of those seven inches out there. So for the, the guys that like the people that love the collectible, the, the physical shit, it'll be nice to have it in one place on a 12 inch and killer artwork and all that. So now the original vinyl releases, was that a fan club thing, a record store? Um... Uh, no, it was mostly online through our website and through um, at the time we were working with the distributor because they were all made out in Europe because the U.S. side of our label doesn't do any physical shit anymore. It's all digital stuff. Uh. So every time we do physical releases, it's always coming from Europe. And uh, we actually ran into some problems with one of the things, the Visteria, a couple of boxes of those went missing. And so a lot of people didn't get those physical copies, which was a huge bummer. And it was a whole debacle. And there ended up being some on eBay with some guy that was selling them. People were oh, like, Hey, man. what the hell? You know, I don't know if he <laughs> stole a box or he's, this guy says, Oh, I bought them at auction. You know, I don't know. I buy something at auctions. And like, yeah. So you, but you know, to sell them for 50 bucks a pop somehow, you know, like yeah. it was a little fishy, but so, but no, it was just, yeah, it was self-released through the label for Century Media. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I think there was about, I, I'm not sure if every single had a thousand copies or around there, but, and they sold out. We didn't announce them beforehand. We just, it's like the day of, we dropped it, released it. And whoever was paying attention that day got to get a copy, you know? That's cool. Let's see. So you got the five singles, original Night Demon material, but then right. within on this compilation, some live stuff with Yuli Roth, Scorpion right. fame, and right. then uh Seerthungle cover, a Thin Lizzy cover, and an Iron Maiden cover. Before yeah. we get into the original observations, my take, why those bands and how'd those come about? And where were they recorded live? The Maiden cover, the Wasted Years cover, that's a song that's become like a staple for us in our live show. And the fans, especially mm-hmm. in Europe, You know, they're always looking forward to that song. You know, we close the set with that. And so we had a couple of different recordings of that, but the one we ended up using was from the recording that ended up being Live Darkness, which was in Cleveland. We saved that song. You know, we played it that night and people knew, you know, when it came out, they're like, where's Wasted Years, you know? Like, yeah, we just want to save it. And plus there's, you know, logistically trying to get, you know, permission and all that kind of stuff. Plus the record you know, was already, it's a triple yeah. vinyl and a double CD and all that. So like, let's just save that for something. Well, that's funny so. because on my notes of that, um, some of my notes, 
crowd was like a maiden show. It sounded like you're in rock and Rio, an awesome version. The guitar was spot on and the solo was in the pocket and nice pick slide coming out of the solo. Oh, right on, man. Yeah. That's my, you know, whenever I listen to this, I, uh, you know, I'm a fan, but I'm listening to it. But yeah, the the one thing I've noticed about night demon is maybe the music has a chance to breathe, but it's, uh, the production is solid. It's, it's right there, man. It's like you put it on and you could tell a night demon song. So yeah, the wasted years, well, we might as well go down my list of the cover observation. Okay. That's a great song. That's an Adrian Smith song. It's a Bruce Dickinson song. You know, yeah. th- those two write some good shit. You know, it's-, it's just a great sing along. And also it's, it's one of the few songs that, you know, you could pull off with one guitar player, mm-hmm. you know, there's no harmony stuff going on. You know, it's kind of a simple song. It's kind of like one of their pop songs. I, I to be honest with you, when I first heard that, you know, I, I remember I was, I used to work at this little restaurant that my parents owned and my buddy used to play that album all the time, you know, seven son of a seven son. And, you know, I was kind of like, all right, I don't know. Is it, that's the album, right? That's the song uh, that album. Well, fact check, uh, somewhere in time. Sorry. I'm a main <laughs> fan, but I'm not that crazy of a main fan. <laughs> okay, Sorry, then, that's why I'm here. I'll Whatever. Love. Yeah. But for some reason that song kind of seemed like, all right, they're trying to hit the radio thing a little yeah. too much, but, but now that we play it, it's like I have a whole new love for it. And like, you know, really, it, it really means a lot to us as far as like, you know, the lyrical content, too. It just hits home, you know? Well, it's a precursor of, like, like I said, Bruce Dickinson, the singer, and Adrian Smith collaborating. Because on that album, they did Stranger in a Strange Land. And those right. those songs are different. And then, yeah. you know, they got together, um, shit, uh, four or five years later with Roy Z when they did the whole Bruce, Bruce stuff. So, uh, let's see, uh, let's touch base on the, I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with, believe it or not, I'm not the biggest thin Lizzy fan. So I really couldn't, I really didn't have any, Oh yeah. Hey, you know, (laughs) well, I'll admit it. Well, you got me, you got me on the maiden thing. I'll get you on the thin Lizzy thing. So yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to hear shit because uh, a couple of the guys that they had host the show with me, they're big, uh, Lizzy fans. And well, Hey man, it's never too late to cover that band. So, yeah. And then I wasn't familiar with fast bikes. Yeah. Well, that's a very, very, very obscure song that, um, that came from a friend of the bands before I was in the band. Okay. Uh, this guy used to make um, used to make mixtapes for the guys on cassette because he knew that they had a cassette player in the van. Okay, and he'd send them out and on tour they would listen to these you know cassettes because you can never get a good radio station and you know so and there was this band on there called Le Griff and you know there's only a I don't know an EP that they did in the early eighties. And that's kind of it, you know, and they never really did anything, but this kind of, this song just kind of stuck with the guys for a while. And when I joined the band, they would play, you know, Hey, check this out. You know, like, yeah, yeah. They, they would, they were talking about covering the song like way before I was around. So, you know, it's funny. Cause I don't know. I don't think we really, you know, we always record covers, you know, every time we do an album or something just to have, whether it's going to go on the record or we're saving stuff for some compilation later on. And that one just kind of came up like we were doing something else. And mm-hmm. I think we recorded that and the Thin Lizzy thing at the same time. Um, I remember we did that here at my studio in Ventura. And it was cool to like dig into it. And it's kind of a fun song, you know, it's this kind of really serious kind of content. It's just like, 
fucking get on your bike hey, and cruise. And- yeah. The Scorpions connection. First yeah. of all, great band. And I, I go way back to the Scorpions, you know. Yeah. It was just uh, 50 years on the Lonesome Crow the other day. Believe that wow. shit. Michael Shanker at 16. But um, yeah. Jarvis was on the show last year, and he was telling about it. Let's go more into detail. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the one that made that happen, to be honest. Like, you know, we're, we're really good friends with uh, his, his um, booking agent, sort of, uh, tour manager, okay. this guy out in Germany. And there was some kind of thing where Jarvis hooked him up with something and really helped him out. And he kind of owed him a favor and, you know, and, and jokingly, but seriously, he was like, look, you got to yeah. get me Uli. We got to do it. You know, yeah. I want Uli to play with us somewhere sometime. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to hold you to. It's like, and it's, you know, very German, like, no, this is not possible. This, there's <laughs> no way he doesn't play with anybody, you know, like, it's Uli and his band, or that's it. You know, yeah. he doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. And you know, okay, well, okay, he kept at it. He kept at it. And you know, obviously, we like said, well, I'll, you know, we'll pay him to whatever we need. Yeah. Like, let's do it. We're gonna do this really special show in Hamburg. It's a kind of a little festival that we started putting on over there, and it'd be amazing to do it there. You know, and so finally, he agreed to it. And, uh, but, you know, there was no communication between us and Willie at all. You know, he had never seen us. Uh, we had never met him before. So it was like basically the week, even the week before, we weren't sure if he was going to do it. You know, the day of, it was like, we're sound checking. It's like, all right, well, can he come for sound check? No, no, no. He'll, <laughs> he'll just be there later. You know, he'll, he'll be there in time for the set. And we're like, fuck. Okay. So we just try to prepare. We were already playing. Um, in trance, yeah. we, we had started playing that. That was another thing we started throwing on our live set here and there. So we were prepared for it. And, you know, so he told us like, well, just learn, make sure you know the version that he does, you know, live, watch some videos on YouTube. Yeah. It's a little bit different from how we did it. So we, we did. And then, um, you know, about an hour before our set time, here he comes, you know, he, he gets there. And, uh, you know, so we're just tripping like, fuck, what's going on? Is he going to show up? Like, Well, I got to ask you, Jarvis is the bass player, so he could stay in his lane. Dusty, you know, Dusty's the drummer, but you're the guitarist. So <laughs> what do you do? You're like, yeah, I can listen to him. But now you're on stage with Yuli, you, you know. And yeah, and <laughs> all I can do is sit back and stay out of his way. Yeah. Master, you know. No, it was, it was kind of a little nerve wracking because at first, you know, I was like, okay, well, there's a harmony guitar. There's a part harmony guitar thing in the solo. I'm like, well, which, which one does he play or which one should I play? Cause I know what I do when I play it with night demon, it's just the one guitar player. But so he was there and he came backstage and I sat with him and guitared out, man. We, we, we geeked out on guitar together. It was fucking the most amazing thing. And it was yeah. amazing for him to tell me that I was playing a part of it wrong. So that was awesome. I'm yeah. good with that. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, you master Yoda, tell me more, you know? Well, I have a, I have another question. Um, sometimes the manager or the uh, management or publicist will talk on behalf of the artist. But once yeah. the artist finds out, was that really Yuli's, mo once he found out to play when he went oh you guys should have called me i would have loved to have done this a year ago you know it's the publicist and the record and the manager's job well to yeah 
Right. I don't know. I don't know. I think he was he was pleasantly surprised with us because when he first showed up, it was funny because he started talking to us like, so what's your background? Like, are you guys a German? He thought we were a German band for some reason. And then when he found out and then he said, oh, I'm glad you're not a German band. I don't know what that's about. But uh, and then we told him we're from California and Southern California. And then he opened up like, oh, I love California and yeah. this and that. And so we were starting to get him loosening. He was loosening up with us. And then you know, I remember we hit the stage and I looked over and he was watching us the first, first three or four songs. He was standing there kind of hidden because it was, a, it was a surprise too. Yeah. You know, nobody knew, you know, the other bands that were backstage saw him show up. They're like, what the fuck, you know, what's Uli doing here? And so we kept it a secret, but it was really cool to see him watching us a little bit and like smiling, you know? And I'd yeah. look over at him because he was on my side of the stage and just kind of like give him the guitar thing. Hey, oh. check it out. You know, that must have eased your mind a little bit. You're like, all right. You know, you, yeah. And then he yeah. went back and hung out and then he came out and did his thing. And then afterwards, you know, it went really well. And I got him to smile a couple of times when we did the guitar thing together. You know, it was like the approval. And then he, after the show, he was like, so you guys are really good. I like, I hear some influences. I wonder where you got some of that from. I said, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course so, influence, man. Did he give you like, like uh, one of those roach clips he puts on his guitar, like your own very own little. Oh yeah. My own feather or something, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah. here you go. My young one. You know? Yeah. You're part of the club, but. Yeah. So no, how many times. Know, it was good enough to do that. And then yeah. we got to see him. He played here in Ventura a month later and we went and he remembered us and yeah. invited us backstage. So that was like the the crowning, like, okay, we're in, you know. Cool, good. cool. So you have two, you, you have top of the bill too, but you, that's not with Yuli, that's just uh, you as the band? No, he's in. He's on it. Those are the two songs we did. Oh, okay, okay, because I remember, um, Armand, I'm not sure where I've heard, I've heard all this even before, you know, I got the advance, but I remember, I think I even saw the video for the Entrance, yeah, um, and yeah, uh, of top of the bill, but both those I love top of the bill, especially from Tokyo tapes. And this yeah. version, oh, what are my notes on that? Old feel with new musicianship, killer drums. Night Demon Armand put his own spin on the guitar, uh, but then on the well, maybe it's my copy. It faded out. Yeah. So what happened is. We didn't have, for whatever reason, just planning and getting the show together, we didn't have a proper audio recording system set up. No. So all the all the audio that you're hearing on those recordings are from the multiple cameras that were set up. So I took all those different live feeds and mixed them together and tried to kind of get the best blend of everything. But the fucking cameras ran out <laughs> at the end of the, that song before it was over. It was kind of one of those decisions where we were like, well, fuck, man, should we even use this? You know, but it was long enough to where, you know, you had his, because that big solo in there, that's him. So it, it goes all the way through that. And then it kind of like goes to the re-intro and outro. We're like, okay, we could, it's, I think it's okay to fade out there. Those covers and those, those live tracks, that's worth admission alone. But let's talk yeah. about the um, Night Demon originals. Now, these are five standalone singles. Were they old songs that you were releasing in 2020, or are they fairly, uh, were they like leftovers from the, what was the last album, 2017? What, yeah. what, was, what was the origins of these songs? 
they're just basically all songs that were bridging the gap between uh, the last original record and, and what we're going to be coming up with later this year. Some of them do go back a couple of years from like the initial starting uh, writing of the riffs and like, you know, the Empire's Fall, that song, there's like five different versions of that that we went over here and there, different mm-hmm. lyrical content, uh, different riffs, arrangements. That song changed a lot. Um, and then the other ones just kind of came from, you know, either I had some riff tape kind of things that we would yep. trade back and forth and like, Hey, I like that riff or something. We just get in the room and work it out. But for the most part, those were all written within the last, probably between 2018 and 2020 or so. Yeah, um, it's fairly new. It's not. Yeah. I mean, they were really, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is the start of the new record, you know, whatever that's going to be. But, you know, we've been so busy, you know, it was like very sporadic when we get chan- a chance to get home and work on stuff. Because, you know, you come home after a bunch of touring, you know, the last thing you want to do right away is get back in the studio. And, you know, so we kind of yeah, decompress and catch your breath. And yeah, some of my notes, Emperor's Fall. Yeah. Dueling guitars are killer. Great song. Song gets in, gets out. You really don't need to go more than 350 in terms of the time, you know. It was I think cool. It's more like 250, actually. Yeah, actually, you're the right. Short one. <laughs> you're right. I remember that now. Um, kill the pain. Sounds old, 80s ish, but new. These are just my notes. Sure. Uh, the, the, like I said earlier at the beginning, uh, music breathes. It's not overbearing. There's not a lot going on. It's just enough. So those two cool. tracks. Are you out there? And Visteria, I just have good shit, man. That's that's exactly what I wrote. Good shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it's Night Demon. It is. It's like that old school, traditional heavy metal, what you guys subscribe to. You know, it's good stuff. Uh, What's the plans? Um, New stuff besides this. What's the uh, plan for new material in 2022? Uh, Well, we have a, a whole new record a full length that'll be coming out in the fall. Oh, good. So you got this, this will be the kind of the bridge for that, you know, kind of the pre kind of get people hyped up for some new stuff. And then, you know, we're going to be, we're supposed to start touring around May, you know, doing a bunch of stuff in Europe with midnight. We're going to do a a co-headliner with them, uh, do some of the festivals over the summer. We'll be home for a little bit, uh, towards the end of the summer. And then hit the road again around October, I think September, October. There's, there's the thing is like there's plans, but things are always uh, changing. Yeah. But the record, the record definitely is coming out in the fall because uh, we have to turn it in by a certain time so they can get the vinyl pressed in time because it's yeah. like takes eight months or something nowadays to get a fucking record pressed. It's insane. Are you coming to the states? Is there ah, yeah, fuck, man. We were supposed to do a, you know, we were gonna be hitting your area. I know we were gonna do some upstate uh, a gig up there, um, but it was gonna be us and Satan for a couple of weeks in okay. April. But with all the shit that they have to deal with now and visas and all the crap <sighs> from England, it's just gonna cost them way too much. It's not worth it for them to do it, so we had to let that go. But in the fall, before the record comes out around that time we have a huge u.s run planned so yeah because we need to do it it's been too long man 
The last time I saw Night Demon was in Syracuse, New York, when you were on that oh, Raven yeah. tour. And, Whoa, uh, shit. Okay, well, I wasn't around then. So. <laughs> oh, you weren't in the band at that point? No, that was like the, their first big tour. Yeah, 20, shit, 16, 15, Six, 14? I think 16 or 15, yeah. it's That was an early one, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, cold as hell there's well you weren't there so but there was a snowstorm and i've heard the stories yeah yeah <laughs> but you know i really wasn't that familiar with the band and what sold me on it was when the band came out and jarvis had that flying v bass and uh, yeah the only other time i saw a flying v bass was i think the raven guys raven and yeah oh, yeah and well you, john always has that hammer with the whammy bar but um yeah, so I was, you know, became a fan then, and then obviously everything. And I'm old school. I remember Sirith uh, Ungle from back in the day. And oh yeah, you know, it's just I'm in my early fifties, but I've been a metalhead all these years. So let's see. We do a uh, show segment on uh, Metal Mayhem ROC. It's called the Mount Rushmore of Metal. And okay. seeing that you're a guitarist, seeing that you're from California. And today happens to be the 40, 44th year of the release of Van Halen 1. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Now, I would put you at maybe 35, your age. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Well, what, what's your take on Eddie Van Halen and Van Halen 1? And without going too far deep into the whole, you know, guitar playing, What's your take on Van Halen one? And you know, Van Halen for me came a little bit later. Like I remember when I was first getting into guitar stuff, you know, late eighties, you know, when I first got into it for me, Guns N' Roses was like the band that really got me going, you know, at first. And then I found like there was like Megadeth and more of the thrashy kind of bands that got me more into the heavier kind of stuff. And for me, Van Halen, at that time, I looked at them as like kind of a cheesy leftover of like the hair metal thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I always respected Eddie's playing, you know, but some of the goofy David Lee Roth thing was like, eh, you know, yeah. I wanted my my guys to be fucking tough and with leather and drunk and smoking cigarettes, you know, which he did. But but later on, you know, it it I really I started to get into it because, you know, you, you run out of like, OK, well, I've heard I've listened to this, these albums enough. And now I need to really get into the shit that everybody else is talking about and see what it's about. And then I just immediately fell in love. And then to a point where, you know, I have one of his signature. I have the, the stripe, the red and white stripe guitar. And oh, the play their songs. Yeah. And like cover bands like that I will do sometimes. Um, and so I really dove into it. And yeah, just to, I the thing that I love mostly with with his playing and that record is the experimentation and how he kind of created a whole new sort of playing style and how he was always tinkering with his guitars and the tones and fucking with the electronics and the amps. Like I, I, I'm into that, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's that kind of thing. So, and then when I realized like when that album came out and what else was going on, I had a whole new you know, love for it and respect, you know, cause shit, that was a late 77, 78, but yeah, you're right. And I asked you that yeah. because the just, he holds yeah. a couple patents on technical stuff and those amps and all the stuff that he does. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to see this Armand, but yeah, 
Fuck, it, it's, great. it's 1980, and that's how cool David Lee Roth was. Is he sitting on the amps, or is he actually in the air? No, he's Close. sitting on the amps. This was the 1980 Invasion Tour. And so awesome. He, Dave, now granted, he is silly and all that, but yeah. he comes from a time when he he was the shit. He used to be cool. Oh, no, I agree. I'm all into it now. I'm all, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sold. I'll I'll take Dave I'll take Dave over fucking Sammy any day. Oh well, that's that's Van Hagen. Sam, Sammy's a better singer, technically, but Dave's a front man, and yeah. Van Halen is that that mixture that play between him and Eddie, and you know, fucking that that cool, really great stage presence thing that, that a lot of well, nobody has anymore. You know, no, it's too bad because. Um, from a lost time, you know, when we yeah. were growing up, it was just, it was, it was, it was it. And the golden age, that's what we call it, the golden age. So, yeah. Cause you know, so think about like when I was learning guitar, the big, you know, what it was 88, 89. So the Van Halen stuff that was, that was the Hagar stuff. So that's what I was hearing on the radio and I was like keyboards. And I was like, eh. you know, I wasn't yeah. exposed to the early stuff. You know, there was radio. That's it at that time, you know, and whatever they played is what they played. And that's what you heard, you know. Well, let's see. You you grew up in uh, Ventura, California. Southern California. I grew up a little more close around L.A. when I was around that age. We're only an hour. It's only an hour away. Ventura. But, so, you know. But the Bay Area scene back in 87, 88, that was completely different than Sunset totally. Strip, 87, 88. Were, oh, yeah, did, were sure. you were you on the Exodus side of things or were you on the faster pussycat side of things? Well, definitely the Exodus side. Okay, cool, you know. cool. Even though, you know, like I said, I did Guns N' Roses was huge for me, and they were the Sunset bands, but they had a harder edge than all those other bands. They they were different. GNR was, yeah. you know, yeah. Finding Metallica and all that, that's how I heard about all the other, you know, the, the Bay kind of scene and all that, got into that world and everything. So, what's your take on um, Metallica? I got into them on Kill 'em All when it came out. I'm up here in Rochester, New York, and they recorded the first album here. We, we've done specials here. I've done interviews with uh, second chair engineers that did the album. You know, I know oh, wow. guys that hung out with Metallica. I've seen pictures. You know, the, the, the pipeline in Rochester goes way deep. That Megaforce pipeline with Anthrax yeah. and Overkill, Testament. They are all up here. And so we have a rich history. So I consider Metallica, you know, old friends, in the sense, like all my old bands, I still listen to them. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. I can't get past, you know, master. Know. Or the, but as yeah. a musician and a fan, what's your take on the band Metallica at this point? Well, that that's, you know, number two or fighting for the number one slot for me growing up with, with GNR and Megadeth and all mm -hmm. those kind of bands. So, no, I, I think probably my first exposure to them was like the black album and stuff like that, just because of my age and yeah. what I saw on TV. But, and I was reading all the guitar mags at the time and they were always in there. And I was looking at these albums, ride the lightning, kill them all. I think for me, I think the first album I got was ride the lightning. And it's always my favorite to this day. Like that's my favorite fucking record, man. And no, you just, you can't deny it, man. I mean, I know like we could all, we all have opinions about what they did after the black album. 
which for me, I'm good with, you know, I can handle, give me, put load into one, load and reload into one record and I'm fine. And then after that, I just kind of lost interest. And, you know, some of the newer stuff when they kind of try to go back to the thrashy shit, there's some cool shit in there, you know, but it's just weird, man. It's, 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 it's hard to say because what, what the fuck am I going to be doing? I'm, you know, their age, if I was doing it for as long as they were, you know, it's hard to like say like, Oh, they shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. You know, it's like, dude, be in those shoes, you know, been a band for 40 plus years and you're only bad, you know, it's crazy that James and Lars and I guess, well, Kirk was in Exodus before, but that was their only band forever. And it still is their only band that they've ever been in. And the thing is, you can't write an album like like a twenty two year old when you're in your mid fifties. You no, you, you know too yeah. much. Think yeah. you, you know each of those early albums; those were their ceilings. The, the progression from Kill 'Em All to Ride, Ride yeah. to Master, and unfortunately, after Cliff went, today's Cliff Burton's sixtieth birthday. Wow! What a Today's a great day to be doing this. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> There's a lot of shit going on today. So the, that era of Metallica, unfortunately, died with Cliff because of the yin with the yang, and then you had Injustice for All, and then they had to do the Black yeah. Album. I, I, I think they're a great band. I still think they're a great band. I still love Iron Maiden. I, I'm open to new material on bands. So Yeah. Uh, who's, who have you toured with? Have you ever toured with any of these bands? You ever have a chance to meet them as a, I mean, no, that's definitely one of those bucket list things. We've gotten close with the maiden thing. We've shared a publicist with them. Okay. Uh, Nico McBrain has been handed our album by a friend of ours, you know, when he met him and, uh, we, we have this song made in hell, you know, which is all the lyrics are based off of Iron Man song titles. All right. So if you don't know that one, check, will, check that out. Made in it's hell. A, made in hell, like maiden. Yeah. Spell maiden. Hell. It's on darkness remains. Okay, cool. And so, but with the Metallica camp and all that, I mean, man, like, look, we're disappointed every time we see them go on tour and it's like fucking what's the, what's the baby Zeppelin band that's out there. Greta right Van Fleet or yeah. something, you know, we're like, we went actually Jarvis and I went to San Francisco for the, their 40th, uh, the 40th anniversary show. You saw some of those shows. Yeah. We, we saw both of them. We were there, <sighs> but you know, they had a fucking DJ open up the set every night and we're like, what, you know? Yeah. He was playing kind of some metal, but doing like mixing in beats and this and that. And we're just like, <sighs> we're right here, man. We could go up and play 40 minutes real quick. Just yeah. let us do our thing. You know, like, I don't know, or bring fucking Raven up or bring Satan with you guys. You know, if, you know, James has been seen wearing a, uh, like a battle vest and he's got Satan's fucking logo and Raven. Well, why don't you guys bring those guys out, man, and, and expose them to these people, this, these new audiences that probably don't know about your past. It's not like they need any band to bring an audience for them, you know? It's like, and, and, and you're right. If they, if they brought, you know, if they brought like a legend, a legendary band, like an overkill, a Raven or something. Diamond Head. I mean, come on, you know, those bands have roots. And these kids, these young kids, 
you know, they've read all the stories. You know, Armand, the interesting thing, you know, like when uh, in Metallica and concert, and James will say, um, he'll have that little speech. How many of you, this is your first Metallica show? And yeah. you hear the roar. And oh, yeah. in this band, there's people that actually, there's chapters of fans that don't like anything pre-Black Album. You yeah. know, they don't like anything pre-Load. And, you know, the old gray hairs are like, fuck that. But it's true. It's their time, those those listeners, they grew up on it. So, And a lot of those guys are Night Demon fans, which is awesome. We love them. <laughs> well, Night Demon, you know, that should be that. And I, and I love to argue with them about the later stuff and tell them that they're wrong. That's actually good. And all that. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, t- tell us, share us about the festivals you're involved with. I saw through show research. Now those Euro, those Euro festivals are just completely out of control. The amount of bands there. And yeah, it's like, man, I'm jealous. Why can't, you know, we get no disrespect, but you know, we get these festivals here with three versions of LA guns and yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, did you put a festival together? You mentioned earlier that there's a French festival. Elaborate on that. What is that all about? Well, there's so no, there's a thing called uh, Frosted Fire, which is named after the Sarah Thumble album. Sarah, yep. And basically, Jarvis put that festival together in Ventura as a way to bring. It was the first show for Sarah Thumble, so he built sort of a fest around it. Yep. And then it went so well. This was probably. I think maybe 2015 was the first one because I wasn't in the band yet. And then it became a yearly thing. So for three, I think there was three or four, I think there was four total uh, every year. We did this thing and we did that festival that you're talking about, you know, missing here yeah. in Ventura. And we had bands, all the, all the old cats from Europe, all people came from all over the world. We had all the underground bands play, mm. you know, Sirathon Gold and bands like that. And so, uh, we've kind of taken a couple of years off from that, but we did like a smaller version of that in, in London a few years ago. You know, Ungle had never played in London, so it was a great way yeah. to get them over there. Um, and now we're going to do another one in Ireland this year. All right. It's called Frost, Frost and Fireland. So <laughs> that's a good one to look forward to. It's going to be really awesome. We're really excited about that. Last time I talked with Jarvis, he gave me uh, some heavy metal homework and I followed through with it. I'm a big, right. fa- I'm a big fan of Enforcer now. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. You know, I had Olaf on the show and, you know, the, they're, you know, they're in heavy rotation and several other bands. Are there any, uh, beside any up and coming bands that you're listening to or and what are some of your, you've mentioned some of your all time favorites. Uh, how deep in the back metal catalog do you go? Like a merciful fate exciter, or are you more? Oof. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of like, for me, it's I've got Thin Lizzy, like going deep into that kind of stuff, more of the seventies stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like for me that the eighties thrash, I've got it covered with, you know, Megadeth and fucking all those kind of bands. You know what I mean? Okay. Like those are the the top of the heap there. And like, I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't, I don't search stuff out as much because, you know, my, my other gig here is recording bands. 
So I'm constantly working with people here. And I'm okay. constantly listening to what I'm working on. I don't have enough time. I don't have any time to listen to music. Yeah. Anymore. Unless yeah. I'm traveling. That's when I get into shit. I'm like, Jarvis, send me some stuff, you know, I'm like, cause he's really good at like with the underground stuff and he'll let me know, Hey, check this out and all that. But uh, one of the newer bands that I love that I've really, I've worked with a few times is Bewitcher. Okay. I've heard of them. Yeah. I did their last two records. And so, you know, that was kind of like close to my heart and just love those guys. They got the three piece thing, you know, like us and powerful and, you know, one of my notes, and I didn't say it when I went through this um, on Kill the Pain, I said, sounds a little bit like Spirit Adrift. Are you okay. familiar? Are you familiar with Spirit Adrift? No, but that's a Thin Lizzy song. So Spirit Adrift? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty oh. sure. <laughs> well, they're they're from Arizona. They've had like four or five albums last okay, year. Yeah. Enlightened in Eternity. Nate, uh, Nate Garrison, multi-instrumentalist. Um, uh, uh, it's a great band they, and they subscribe to the same formula. That's why I okay. made, made the connection. I'm like, Hey, it sounds like spirit. And All right. you know, it's a compliment, but uh, I didn't know if you, uh, followed well, it's on good me. that it's good that, uh, I can say no to that because then it's like, well, then it came out of just natural coincidence that it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a, you know what I mean? Sound of things, but I, I'll put that in my list now. Thank you that and you didn't answer on merciful fate yeah well i mean i learned about them through metallica you know <laughs> that's true doing the cover songs and then when <laughs> i go back to it the riffs are killer i can kind of go i can take i can take king diamond's voice i can leave king diamond's voice a little bit you know there's only so much i can handle yeah but the fucking music's awesome and some of the greatest drumming fucking the master cam you know? Ruiz. yeah yeah I'm going to so, tell you, well, that Kim's way at the beginning, you know, uh, Mickey yeah. D, Mickey Even D. Mickey D, yeah, Mickey yeah. D was more what I was thinking of, yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you one thing, and with the whole King Diamond, the singing. Yeah. I got into Merciful Fate when the demo came out and Melissa and Don't Break the Oath and yeah, yeah, not yeah. bragging, but, you know, we saw those tours. And it's different as King Diamond went solo, and it did. The, the vocals got a little different. But that early stuff with Michael Denner and Hank Sherman and Kim Ruiz and King and Timmy Grabber, the late Timmy Grabber, that stuff is just, it's worth revisiting if you didn't really get into it. Okay, yeah. And cool. Jarvis will attest to that, so. Yeah, he will. Yeah, yeah. I know. All right, well, hey, Armand, again, the album, the compilation album coming out Friday, March 25th. Uh, where could people find it? And what's the best way to follow Night Demon? Just search Night Demon. Yeah, uh, Night Demon, Heavy Metal, you know, if you search that, you'll find our website. We sell everything through the website now. You know, we have yeah. our own, and we do all our merch in-house now. Oh, so good. you're you're not going to run into, you know, shipping delays and, you know, losing shit anymore. I mean, unless, you know, at some point it's out of our hands. But, you know, everything's going through us now, so you can get everything here um, online. You know, if you got a local record store that carries new new stuff you'll find it there but yeah you'll find it all in the all your online outlets and everything all right my man now have a great day and look for the email thanks john okay Take see care. ya bye right on rock and roll 
Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.